Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone, on this episode of the podcast I catch up with young Queensland trainer Kai Loki who got his very first win a lot long ago with Voldemort saluting at Bundaberg. We had a great chat about what it was like to get his first winner and a dream come true, how he got involved in greyhound racing and what his aspirations are for the future. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so we'll roll back a, a handful of days now to you getting your very first winner at Bundaberg with uh, with a very uh, a greyhound name that you know I can uh, resonate with because I'm a, a big Harry Potter fan, Voldemort. Um, tell me about that feeling of, of getting your first winner. Obviously, you know it uh, it must have been a lifelong dream come true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. You know, it was a massive build up to my first winner as a trainer. I've worked for a few other different trainers, but yeah, getting my first winner under my own name was, it was crazy, yeah, I was over the moon, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy, yeah. He was a dollar, he was a $1.75 favourite going into it, Um, you know, what sort of chance did you give him, did you think, obviously, from box one, that it, you know, he had a good shot of, um, of winning? Yeah, look, well, the dog had always tried well around the track, like, Child very well first look um twenty six seventy first look around Bundy you know that would that would win you a race um you know and I thought from box one um the dog you know if it missed it and just sat behind him the dog would surely just win but yeah just to see him win it was good you know dollar seventy five um very short but yeah did it did it a tough way but yeah forward on and got the win. You haven't, um, obviously, you know, you hadn't had a lot of starters before you, you cracked your first win, so that uh, that must have been pleasing to obviously knock it over fairly early on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, just previous to my um, winner there back at Bundy, I probably had probably um, 10 runners go around at different tracks, um, around Rockhampton, Capellaba, and then just starting back up our home track now, Bundy. And I'd probably finished out of the money and, four or five runs around a few tracks and then hadn't finished out of the money anywhere else. But, um, yeah, I've been going awesome. Um, other than that, yeah, um, started off well um, and getting a second today. The other boy I had in um, Voldemort and the other heat, he had a bit of bad luck. He got an injury and got out for failing to pursue, but we've got a bit of work to do with him, which I'm sure we'll figure him out. But Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me what it was like. Um. Obviously, you know, um, Dodgy Mick, you know, at a, a very big price, got into the final, which um, you know, must be nice getting into your first feature as well so early on. Yeah. Well, Dodgy Mick. Well, the story goes back there. Well, I picked him up a good of a good mate of um mine, uh, Bob Hicks at Ipswich. Um, he gave me the dog. Um, just outclassed around Ipswich. Um. So sent me the dog. I had free kennels, so I took on the dog. And, um, yeah, I entered the dog, just threw him in the stumps in the wild card there a fortnight back and Bundy, and he ran fourth in the heat of the wild card, and he was reserving the final of that. And I thought, well, geez, just having my name in the field of in the final of the wild card was good. Um, but, no, making the field of the Easter Cup next week will be 
we've just got to wrap them up and bubble this week is a bit of a handful <laughs> around home, you know. But no, no, he's a good dog, you know. Um, he's, I think he's had five runs from me now and he's finished out of the money, I think, once, which is awesome. And he just hasn't won one yet, but just if he could draw one in the final, would be bloody... Yeah, it'd be awesome, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So you were saying yeah. before that you've worked for a few trainers. Who um who were some of those trainers and is that sort of how you started out being a bit of a kennel hand? Yeah, well previously I used to well, I ventured off when I was fourteen and I went and worked for Andrew Payne and um, Ballarat in Victoria. And then being fourteen I got a bit homesick, so I went back home and I, I used to do outrigging, which is um, canoeing and um, I met a real estate agent through that, which was um, actually David Plummer at the time. Oh, and really? Yeah, just um, David had only just started training, I think, for about two months he started, and then I ended up started working for him, and I worked for him for about two and a half years, just managing his kennels out there at Takira, helping him out. Um, yep. And then I sort of had a gap year and then just recently come back and, yeah, now I've just taken it all on myself, um, yeah, which is pretty good. But, um, yeah, yeah, I've got a few few people around me that are very helpful. Um, um, Yeah, Yeah. very, very helpful, yeah. Is it, so obviously when you started off doing that sort of stuff, helping out Dave, and that was it sort of always become an ambition then for you to go out on your own eventually and, and start training them yourself? Oh, look, um, yeah, like we had a really good operation going at the time, um, me and David. Um, we had plenty of good dogs coming through the kennels, and he still does now. He's got a very, very good kennel, um, David. But, um, you yeah, know, he's, yeah, no, um, yeah, I sort of ventured off myself. It was it was always sort of the plan. Um, we had a litter to Foxy Fireball and Dyna Steel, and I had a bitch out of her um, Kaya's dream that I ended up taking on myself um, in the end when I just received my trainer's licence when I just turned 18. Yep. Um, and she just sort of had a season and slipped off the board a bit, but um, not, not to her fault, though, um, nor anyone else's. But, um, yep. Yeah, but... Now I just sort of come back myself and I'm just doing my dogs, sticking myself. Just got a handful of people around me that just are very helpful and, yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice. Now what did, um, you know, obviously, you know, you must have been like a sponge hanging around Dave trying to absorb, you know, as much information about, uh, you know, obviously preparing greyhounds as possible. Is there any, um, you know, a few key things that you can touch on that he sort of passed on to you um, throughout your time with him? Oh, look, um, David is very, very, very good dog man. Like, he's very, um, well, like, the results show for themselves, so more or less say to anyone. Like, if you, if anyone ever has the time to even talk to the man at the track, just take the time and have a chat to David and even go out and have a look at his kennels. Like, it's state-of-the-art facilities. You, you, you could eat off the kennels floors, like, infinitely <laughs> polished, like, Top notch with their dogs, um, next to nothing. Uh, his wife Nancy, fantastic with the dogs. Um, yeah, like they're they're crazy with the dogs, and the results just speak for themselves. You know, um, it's just more or less that's that's the end of the story. Yeah. Yep. And what does yeah. a typical day involve for you? Do you start uh, start pretty early on? 
Sorry, what was that? Like, what does a typical day involve for you? Like, obviously, you know, training the dogs. Do you um do you start pretty early on? Yeah, yeah. So we start at five o'clock here every morning. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah we, we, we're normally done feed for, like no later than six thirty. Yep. We don't feed, and then um, no later than four o'clock we we don't feed. Um, our dinner, so we normally work our dogs before six thirty. Yep. Have everything done before it gets too hot, and then in the arvo we just do light work with the dogs. Just do our main work in the morning. Yep. Um, just before the sun comes up, but um, yeah, that's more more or less what we do. Um, more preparing a dog for the races on a well, racing at Bundy on a Saturday and Sunday. I start easing up on them and just start. Road walking on a bit more, not more, more or less. Not road walking. I'm walking on the grass, but yep. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, just walking on the grass a bit more. Um, just loosening them up, just ironing out any soreness or anything, just in case, you know. Just yep. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. What um, what's the plan for you? Would you like to um, obviously expand your operations and and train more dogs? Are you sort of just happy pottering along with um, you know, with a small team at the moment? Oh, look, um, I love my small team of dogs. You know, I get a lot of one-on-one time with them. Like, I'm not sure, as everyone knows, not every dog's the same, not every dog can be trained the same. But, um, no, I love training a small team. You get a lot of one-on-one time with them, but just probably a bit more quality in the team. But, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah, no, 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 definitely a bigger team. Maybe, um, yeah, a few more dogs would be good if, Yep. We should get our hands on a couple of good ones. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's all telephone digit numbers these days. I'm like, ah. Right. You know, and I sort of ask every, you know, every trainer that's sort of notched up their their first win, I ask this too, but, you know, do you have a a dream race that you'd love to, you know, maybe not necessarily win, but, you know, just maybe be a part of one day? Yeah, look, well, I reckon the Tad Melbourne Cup. Yes. Yeah, you know, nice. I'd, love, I'd love to be involved in the Tad Melbourne Cup. Um, my mentor, actually, Alan Kelly, he actually said, mate, one day you'd be handling a dog out there for that race. So <laughs> maybe one day I actually will, so. Yep, yep, no, that would be a no. big thrill. That would be great, That's, that'd be a dream, but. You know, we will dream. <laughs> yes. No, definitely. Yeah. Now, just, um, you know, obviously with the, you know, increased prize money and the more feature races and everything like that that, you know, seem to be getting added to the calendar each year, do you have any sort of advice for anyone, you know, looking to come into the sport? You know, can you just touch on, you know, what are the good things about, you know, what you do in training greyhounds just for anyone out there who's uh, looking to get their trainer's licence? Yeah, well, look, if anyone's interested, like, go, I, I always say to everyone, just go to your local track, you know, um, sit down and talk to a trainer, you know. Um, everyone's more or less shy at the track, you know. You've you got to talk to them for them to talk to you, you know. Yeah. It's like that at most tracks. Um, if you want to chat out to someone, you've got to make the chat yourself. But, no, it's like, yeah, any, anyone, if anyone's interested and, Getting into dogs, I suggest really going to the track and getting some knowledge of the track first, just before bursting out. Um, yeah. Yep. 
Yep, no, that's that's a really good point because you know, it is easy enough. Um, getting your handlers license these days, yeah. That's right. Hold it for six months and then you're eligible to go for your trainer's license here in Queensland. I'm not sure how it works anywhere else, but yep. Yep. Oh, look, I think from a New South Wales perspective, I'm pretty sure once you turn 18, you can apply for it. Obviously, there's a process to it, but, yeah, I think yeah, it's, um, it's pretty achievable, obviously, if you, um, yeah, have a uh, have a good, uh, you know, are pretty keen to, to get it and, you know, have... Um, well, I think anyone here in Queensland can even hold the certificate of attainment for the Greyhound Trainers Assessment. I completed that when I was 16 years old um, Deacon oh, at the right. racing centre, and I held that. That certificate um, expires in four years, I think it was eligible for. So it was still in date for when I was 18 for the time of the course. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. So, and what did, that, what did that involve? Like, what did you learn? Well, it was more or less um, the Greyhound Breeders Owners Association here in Queensland. I think it was Christine Goodwin, someone got in contact with, and um, the course was actually paid for, more or less. I, I wouldn't even know how I got my trainer's license, more or less. I rang up Keurig and gave them my um, code number that I had on the bottom of my paperwork that I received the certificate of attainments that I um, received because it was a grant that was going for everyone, for young incentives to or something like that to oh, go to Christian right. trainers license. And yep. they were flat there was a group of people there, um Gemma Daly was actually one of the people that were there at that course that day. I could believe that course with um Nancy Plummer also. There's a few um a few top notches there that are going very well now that had only just started out at that time that were there at that course at that time. Yep. But yeah, it was um all paid for by um actually racing Queensland, yeah, it was a grant that a few people received um, on the racetrack, yeah, by Greyhound Breeders and Owners Association. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, oh, that's anyone, good. yeah, can even get in contact with them and help. They might be able to help you out. Yep, yep. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um I like I like the point you said before about going to the track and, you know, having a, a chat with people and that sort of thing because I know a lot of people sort of say, you know, they look at what's on TV and go, oh, that looks really fun, you know, that looks easy and I'm like, you might, might need to go and uh, <laughs> have a chat to someone because like you just said, you know, you're up at five and, you know, I'd say most people would be sort of around that five, six o'clock in the morning mark yeah. anyway. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a lot of work, you know, there's no such thing as public holidays or anything when you're a trainer but, um, you know, I'm sure you can reiterate getting that first winner made all that hard work worth it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.